0: You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on J.W. Talk Hi, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with the latest for Judicial Watch, our weekly update, a lot going on. The constitutional crisis caused by the coup attack, believe it or not, is worsening and it's victimizing even more Americans. I'll give you an update on that. Plus, the FBI finds more Clinton emails. Uh, you won't believe that. Uh, or the details on that. And Judicial Watch has not one, not two, not three, not four, not, well, actually five lawsuits. We have five new FOIA lawsuits on the deep state attacks on our constitutional republic and the presidency. So I'll be talking about all of those as well. So this is a massive update. So uh, strap yourselves in. Uh, the coup is got it, has gotten worse, believe it or not. We had Nancy Pelosi this week announce that she would authorize or direct the committee chairman, uh, Jerry Nadler, the head of the House Judiciary Committee, to write articles of impeachment uh, targeting President Trump. Of course, we don't know what those articles of impeachment are, because the House Democrats are making it up as they go along. You had the outrageous testimony of their so-called experts this week before the Judiciary Committee. It seemed their only qualifications were, they were far to the left, They were activist liberals who had worked for or supported Democratic politicians, and they hated Donald Trump. And they gave their opinions as to what impeachment means. They mischaracterized the facts of the Ukraine scandal. And uh, the most notable thing that happened at the hearing is that uh, Miss Carlin, Professor Carlin, who is a donor to Elizabeth Warren, had worked in the Obama administration in it's corrupted civil rights division during uh, in the Justice Department and believe it or not was on the short list for Supreme Court for Democratic presidents. Uh, she went out of her way to attack the president's young son by making fun of his name and of course her father. Of course she apologized for it later but the apology was uh, uh, really not an apology. So this is what the Democratic case against the president has come down to. Uh, left-wing academics making up allegations against him and suggesting that he should be impeached for things he didn't do uh, and uh, their hatred, of course, for him guiding uh, the effort to undo our republic. And uh, so what what a terrible abuse of tax dollars that hearing was. But on top of that, you had to make things even worse Adam Schiff get caught in another scandal. Uh, he issued his so-called impeachment report uh, to the Judiciary Committee, uh, and uh, it was 300 pages of nothing. Of course, they didn't have any evidence of misconduct by the president, so there was nothing they could present. It was just a gussy-up gussy written word version of the Gossip Girl hearings uh, that provided no information about any misconduct by the president of the United States, but it confirmed the misconduct by Adam Schiff, because in uh, in the report and subsequent reporting, it sh- it it it's proven Adam Schiff secretly obtained the phone records of Rudy Giuliani, and then he published them, and in publishing them he brought out uh, and I guess there was someone else uh, this Ukraine um, American who has been targeted by uh, the Justice Department and the Adam Schiff team as. Uh, being terrible people because they helped Rudy Giuliani uncover corruption in Ukraine. So they took those phone records secretly and then published Rudy Giuliani's communications or details of his uh, phone calls, who he was calling and where, uh, and included Devin Nunes and John Solomon, a reporter. Devin Nunes the head of the Intelligence Committee. So not only did he victimize Giuliani, he victimized John Solomon. He victimized the president of the United States, because Rudy Giuliani represents the president, and he also victimized Devin Nunes, a member of the House. He also victimized Jay Sekulow, the other president, the president's other lawyer, because his, communi- his phone message, his phone communication with uh, Giuliani was divulged. So in abusing President Trump with this impeachment, he managed to add more abuse to the president's civil rights and to the civil rights of the Americans whose privacy they violated, whose rights he violated. Now, of course, the left will say, oh, well, you know, he's allowed to issue subpoenas. Well, that, of course, is technically true, but he's not allowed to his authority to issue subpoenas to target innocent Americans or just Americans willy-nilly. He runs the Intelligence Committee. He has oversight over the intelligence agencies, the intelligence community. Members of Congress and committees of Congress are not authorized under our Constitution or the law to target Americans for investigation in this fashion. And certainly when they start targeting the phone records of a lawyer, specifically the lawyer for the President of the United States, of course that's abusive. Just because it's a subpoena, it doesn't make it a legal or right. And it doesn't mean that he can't be held accountable to the subsequent damage. Victoria Tenzing is caught up in this as well. She's a lawyer who's on the other side of the deep state machine, Democratic machine, that's trying to take out President Trump. Victoria Tenzing is married to Joe Gigenova. And their names are smeared and used in these reports and are smeared as a result of being put into this report because simply because their phone records were caught up in the dragnet that Schiff authorized. The story is, and I found out about this directly by talking to some folks, he told the Republicans on the committee, well, I've got these five numbers, I want to do a subpoena on it. The Republicans can't say boo about it. Because the rules are, they're secrecy rules, and plus the Democrats can issue the subpoena on their own because they're a majority. That's the way it's set up. And it was a backdoor way of getting into the president's attorney-client relationship with uh, Rudy Giuliani. Because who Rudy Giuliani, and this is my analysis of it, I'm not a lawyer, but I've got a little bit of a knowledge of what attorney-client privilege means. Who your attorneys are calling during their representation of you, of course implicates attorney-client relationship and work product of the attorney on behalf of the client. In the least, you want to be able to say, hold on a second. I want to make sure my rights are being protected here. And of course, that's not what Adam Schiff cares about. And this is par for the course for Schiff. Remember, he colluded with the CIA operative on the classified communication that the president had with the president of Ukraine, leaked that, lied about that. He uh, lied repeatedly about the president and Russia, I mean, it's just complete lies. He brought in Michael Cohen, the president's lawyer, and rolled over the president's attorney client relationship there by uh, getting Cohen to testify about private communications with the, his client. He's denied the president every due process right available under law in this impeachment facade, in this impeachment charade, this coup. So it's no surprise he would abuse his power to go and steal, and now I'm I'm using that word quite directly, steal. I don't care if it was a subpoena, but because it was dishonestly and corruptly done, it's the equivalent of stealing someone's phone records, spying on his colleague Devin Nunes by publishing his phone communications with Rudy Giuliani and others, same on a a journalist targeting John Solomon, an independent journalist who has been called the inconvenient journalist because. He's done reporting on the Ukraine corruption that the left and the media don't want you to know about and which is held up under scrutiny. I tell you what, to the degree this impeachment is serious or, and of course I don't believe it is, but let's pretend it is. It needs to be frozen until the misconduct that's right before our very eyes by Adam Schiff in purloining the the phone records of the president's lawyer is fully expo- explored and understood. How did he get those numbers? How did he know to go to AT and T? How far out did this spy operation go? Were there other Americans he has the? Fo- are there other Americans he has the phone numbers of? Does he have my, does he have my phone number? Does he have uh, the phone numbers of other House members or other critics of Adam Schiff and the Obama and Clinton gangs? This is why I keep on saying the Senate should not hold a trial, assuming impeachment goes out. Because the process has been corruptly formed and is corruptly pursued. This is prosecutorial misconduct. They are going to impeach the president without allowing him to call one witness or question one witness. And you know they have no case because if they thought they had a case, they'd have no problem following the rules. But as you can see from from the hearings that they were forced to hold, however show trial like they were, they don't have any evidence. So following the rules doesn't help the coup. This is like a rotting fish. They need to get it off the stage as quickly as possible. And they want you to believe it's a done deal, folks. They want you to believe that your ability to govern yourselves is over. The Democrats are impeaching the president. And they've got the votes. Don't you believe it? I suspect they may think Nancy Pelosi has done the vote counting. And she may think she has enough votes, a majority plus one or two, or three or four or five, it doesn't really matter. But if it's that close, it means that you're calling your senators and your representatives can make a difference. I don't believe the full vote on impeachment will occur until at least December 21st. So that's just a few weeks from now. And that's an eternity in, in the coup cabal's time frame. It's much too long. I mean, they, brought, they prefer to do the vote on Tuesday if they could. This is, an, this, is, this is a massive abuse, a wild abuse of our constitutional system. You know, the Constitution obviously gives the House The ability to impeach the President of the United States. But if they abuse that awesome power, as Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi has done, it means it's illegitimate. It means it's a coup. President has no due process rights. They violated the rights of the President six ways to Sunday. And of course, the next coup hearing is uh, next week, Monday. Guess what else happens on Monday? The IG report comes out on the FISA abuses targeting President Trump. And we already know, because of leaks earlier this month, or late last month, just before Thanksgiving, that there was at least one criminal referral as a result of that report. There was an FBI lawyer who was doctoring evidence in order to get the spy warrants on the Trump team. So of course they're gonna have a coup hearing the same day that comes out. And who knows what else is gonna come out? You can bet it's gonna be confirmed, what we already know, that Judicial Watch is already produced. You don't need an IG, you already have Judicial Watch, guys. The Pfizer warrants for fraudulent. Bruce Orr's relationship with Steele, his wife working for Fusion GPS and then partnering with Steele at the same time funneling information into the DOJ. Judicial Watch exposed that. Judicial Watch exposed the FBI was paying Christopher Steele. At The same time the Clinton and DNC gang was paying Fusion GPS to hire him to target Trump with the Russia smears. We already know the FBI knew the Steele dossier was bunk, yet they sold it to the FISA courts as something legitimate. All because of Judicial Watch litigation, we know that. So we're going to get official confirmation of what we know and what you know as a result of supporting and following Judicial Watch already know. So what better way to distract from that confirmation of criminal activity behind the Obama and deep state spying on President Trump than to remove Trump or seek to remove Trump through this fraudulent impeachment process. The coup is more than about President Trump. It is about protecting their allies and people like Schiff, who are probably directly implicated in this whole conspiracy against Trump, from facing the consequences of their criminal activity targeting President Trump during the campaign and into his administration. So that's going to happen on Monday. So you're going to have the criminality exposed against Trump in the FISA gate and, ironically, practically speaking, constitutional criminality being pursued against him through this impeachment process. So it will be a a big day on Monday. And they're going to keep on impeaching him. I don't know how the Senate trial is going to go or if it's going to go at all. I suspect what's going to happen is that uh, it will probably be much shorter and briefer than uh, people think uh, will happen. It will be really quick. The president will obviously be acquitted, I think. He's not going to get removed from office. I don't see how that happens, but you never know. This is why this coup is so dangerous. There's no basis for impeachment. The Pelosi-Schiff coup is is a wild abuse of power. It not only victimizes Trump, but it also harms our constitutional republic and the rights of all Americans. And you can see with the targeting of Nunes and John Solomon and Victoria Tenzing and Rudy Giuliani and the president, all of our rights are at stake. So we're, we're going to keep on fighting because it's never going to end. It's never going to end. We want to get accountability for Schiff. We want to get accountability for the spy gate targeting of Trump. I don't believe the Justice Department will do enough. They may do some prosecutions. We'll see what happens. As you know, I'm skeptical. If I weren't skeptical, we wouldn't have judicial watch we trusted the Justice Department to do the right thing all the time, we wouldn't have Judicial Watch to do our own independent investigations. Heck, we're fighting the Justice Department right now on these documents I'm talking about. And the FBI? Oh my gosh. Does it get any more corrupt than the FBI leadership? I got some good news. I'm the type of guy who gets outraged by good news sometimes, (laughs) because you're going to see what I mean here. And this is the headline, court rejects FBI effort to keep secret records about FBI Clinton lawyer meeting on Russia. FBI Clinton lawyer meeting on Russia. So the lawyer for Hillary Clinton's campaign and the Democratic National Committee met with the chief lawyer with the FBI during the campaign so they could give them smear material on Trump and Russia. Of course, none of which turned out to be true. And what had happened was we asked for the documents about the meeting, and the FBI came back and told us they couldn't even confirm. They couldn't even confirm. This is to the FBI under Director Ray, President Trump's appointee. They couldn't even confirm that the meeting took place. They refused to confirm or deny the, F- the meeting took place, even though the general counsel who met with him testified about the meeting. And the judge said, that's ridiculous. You got to, it's pretty clear it took place. So you can't hide behind this, we can't confirm or deny. And why did they say they can't confirm or deny? Because they said if they confirmed or deny, they met with the top lawyer for Hillary Clinton's campaign, it might violate that lawyer's privacy. Yes, you heard that right. And this is the second time the FBI has pulled this, or tried to pull this trick. Because another federal court had rejected that a similar argument when they said they don't want to turn over documents about their meetings, more specifically, Mueller's meetings with the Clinton Fusion GPS by Christopher Steele to protect his privacy. The court rejected that and said, you've got to look for the records and turn them over. And it happened again. This is what Baker testified to, the FBI general counsel. He testified that he met with Sussman. He testified in open court. And as our lawyers pointed out, and of course, you know, and and I just want to give credit to our lawyers here, because they're doing all, I get to talk about all their heavy lifting here. We don't win just because the courts say, hey, would they like Judicial Watch. No, we got to make the case. We've got to file the Freedom of Information Act request. That's our investigators. And then, when was, and then once that, once, uh, if, if we don't get the records, our, do- our lawyers come in and they sue when they can. And then it's and another fight. So we read about this meeting, this is what we have to put up with. We read about this meeting, you see it on the news. The FBI general counsel is testifying about it. We ask for records about the meeting, and they come back to us and say they can't confirm or deny the meeting existed, even existed. Documents about the meeting even exist. And then our lawyers have to fight that. And thankfully, the court agreed with us. An Obama appointee. As we argued, the sworn testimony of Baker, the former FBI general counsel, confirms that Sussman was sharing the same documents. So he was pushing documents to the FBI just before the campaign, in the middle of the campaign, the fall of 2016, that Sussman was sharing the same documents with the media. Rather than privacy, this confirms that Sussman was seeking to obtain attention for his activities. Hence, this is far from the typical case. Sussman had no expectation of personal privacy as he was actively seeking publicity for himself and the information he wanted to share. In any event, the public interest in disclosure of the existence of the records is manifest. And the judge agreed. Any risk of invasion of privacy evaporated once Baker publicly testified that he had received documents from Sussman, as well as met with and spoken to him on multiple occasions in 2016." So you got so many scandals here all wrapped up in once. You had the FBI uh, corrupt targeting of Trump in collusion with the Hillary gang that they were supposed to be investigating on the Clinton emails, as confirmed by this unusual meeting between the FBI general counsel and one of Hillary Clinton's top lawyers. Talk about collusion. And then when we find out about it, we ask the FBI for the records and they pretend they they can't tell us whether or not the records exist. And they're trying to, quote, protect the privacy of Hillary Clinton's lawyer. Two federal courts have now rejected the FBI's desperate attempts to hide the details of this anti-Trump conspiracy between the FBI and the Fusion GPS spy gang and the DNC and the Hillary Clinton camp. Why is Director Ray allowing this corrupt cover-up to continue? That's what I want to know. When did we begin asking for these documents? March of 2019. No, we actually asked for them in October of 2018. We sued a few months later. And I don't know when we're going to get these documents because now they have to go and look for the documents. And then it's going to be another fight because they're going to say some of the material still can't be given to us. You want to know why the president's in the position he's in? Because his agencies and his appointees too often don't give a rat's tail about transparency for the corruption of their institutions and they're afraid to take on their deep state that they're supposed to be running. They're sympathetic to us, and I'm sure if I said this to them, they say, oh, you know, Tom, we, you're right, and you're doing such great work. Judicial Watch is great, but, you know, it's very difficult to get these documents to you. That's excuse making. So as a result of this cover-up, you have the impeachment and the media being able to to make up garbage against President Trump. And there's been no disclosure or not enough disclosure by the deep state about the truth. For example, so we'll see what we get these documents. We just had to sue for documents related to the anti-Trump Ambassador Yuganovich, who was recalled by President Trump from Ukraine because there were issues about the way she was running and representing the United States and in in the administration. And one of the big allegations against her is that she gave a so-called untouchables list to a prosecutor in t- late 2016. And on that untouchables list, was the founder of the Ukrainian group Anti-Corruption Action Center, which was funded by George Soros' foundations and the U.S. federal government. So did you know we have a joint partnership with George Soros in Ukraine, funding this anti-corruption group? As has been reported, the implied message to Ukraine's prosecutor was clear. Don't target this group. In the middle of the American presidential election in which Soros was backing Hillary Clinton, to succeed another Soros favorite, Barack Obama. And Rudy Giuliani has pointed out that this group was under investigation. This is what the issue was for misspending your tax dollars. And the allegation is that Yanovich went in and told the prosecutor, do not prosecute. So the leftist pretended that his, this prosecutor has recanted, even though he didn't recant. And the argument is over whether he was giving a literal list or told. And of course, there's an issue of translation because he doesn't speak English. But Lusenko recently told the New York Times that Yovanovitch pressed him not to prosecute anti-corruption activists. So you've got the New York Times confirming, by the way, Reporting by John Solomon, who was spied upon indirectly or frankly, more directly, I will figure that out, by Adam Schiff on this Ukraine issue. Now, ANTAC was also tied up in releasing this Black Ledger material targeting Manafort during the campaign. So this is not some, quote, anti-corruption group. This was an anti-Trump group. Now, Yanovich denies that she gave him a list. Lazensko says, I was told not to prosecute these people. So we're asking for the documents. And of course, the State Department isn't giving us any answers. Don't you think it's important we get answers to this in a timely way? Because Yanovich's credibility is on the line. We're supposed to think that she's this wonderful ambassador when in fact, the evidence suggests that she was running an embassy that was a hotbed of anti-Trump activism in Ukraine, and tried to protect and promote leftist allies. And of course, Judicial Watch is the only one trying to get to the, well, not the only one, that's not true. People like John Solomon are asking questions. Of course, he's getting targeted as a result. But we're trying to get to the real truth about this Ukraine scandal. And the state, part, the state Department bureaucracy is purposely, in my view, slow rolling the release of key information like this to make sure that Trump gets impeached. They've known about this issue for years. We're not the only ones who've asked for the documents. You can bet it's already been gathered. They don't want to give them to us because it might help Trump. But we're going to sue. We already have sued. And we're going to keep on fighting. Similarly, the ICIG, whose name is Michael K. Atkinson, He's also former assistant attorney general in DOJ's National Security Division from 2016 to 2018. Why is he an important man? Because he's the man who worked with the whistleblower to push his information to Congress contrary to what the law allows for and what he was uh, directed to uh, follow by his superiors. Now what's curious is he kind of shows up all sorts of different places. Because when he was over at the Justice Department, he went over with Sally Yates to talk to um, the White House counsel at the time about Michael Flynn. Isn't that curious? He was legal counsel to the National Security Directorate head, John Carlin, and later to acting NSD head, Mary McCord. Excuse me, McCord is the one who accompanied uh, Yates to see the White House counsel regarding Michael Flynn. During the time Atkinson was legal advisor to Carlin and McCord, the FISA court found there were significant noncompliance with the NSA's minimization procedures involving clearies of data. You know what that means? Americans were being improperly spied upon. And of course, during that period, they were spying on Trump. So he goes over to the ICIG, becomes ICIG. This guy, the CIA whistleblower, so-called whistleblower, who I consider to be a leaker, comes to him and says, I got this complaint. And the law reads that you don't have A, first-hand information, so it's not a real whistleblower complaint, and B, it's about the president's conduct of foreign policy. So it's not even covered under the whistleblower law, even if you had first-hand information. Nevertheless, he tried to push it out. So this lawsuit seeks his records as uh, texts and emails back from when he was in DOJ. We asked for records about um, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, Anthony Weiner, on whose laptop uh, Clinton emails were found. The 25th Amendment, because you may remember the DOJ gang was thinking of ways to overthrow the president even back then impeachment, Adam Schiff, and other things like his travel reports and calendars and other documents that will show us what he was up to while he was at the DOJ. So again, this is the guy at the center of the storm in the Clinton coup attack, or excuse me, yeah, it is kind of the Clinton coup attack, the Pelosi-Schiff coup attack, and he's been a deep state official involved with uh, these questionable and abusive investigations, more than one of President Trump. And you know what? His testimony to Adam Schiff in the coup, is still secret. Isn't that interesting? So we're suing for that. And on top of all of that, we're suing for uh, going back to the beginning, I guess. The missing Strzok Page text messages, remember those? When the Mueller team wiped the phones, Page and Struck, and lost all those text messages? We want all records related to the hardware, software, and contents of mobile phones issued to FBI officials. Peter Strzok and Lisa Page for their use while they served on the investigative team of Special Counsel Robert Mueller, All records of communications, whether on government or non-governmental email accounts, and whether real name, using real names or aliases with FBI officials relating to hardware, software, and contents of fo- mobile phones issued to FBI officials Peter Strzok and Lisa Page for their use while they served on the investigative team of Special Counsel Robert Mueller. In December 2018, the DOJ's Office of Inspector General issued a report regarding the recovery of thousands of text messages. The IG initiated this investigation of being notified of a gap. A gap in text message data collection for the period 2016, December 2016 through May 2017. From Federal Bureau of Investigation Mobile Devices assigned FBI employees Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. And they went and tried to find the phones, found that they had been wiped. The IG also asked Mueller's office for the DOJ-issued iPhones. The phones assigned to Strzok had been reset to factory settings and reconfigured for the new user to whom the devices were issued. Page's iPhone had been reset but had not been reassigned. The IG also said at the data, date of its report, the FBI wasn't reliably collecting text messages of all of its employees. There's so much corruption here, it's hard to unravel. So you had the Mueller people destroy records and the FBI not collecting text messages, which is documents required to be collected under the law. In fact, we're suing them separately for text messages and they're still playing games with us, they don't think text messages are subject to FOIA. So as we speak, they may be destroying evidence. Director Ray. So we sued. You know, this is is what I love about Judicial Watch, because you know about the scandal, right? The deleted text messages of Lisa Page and Peter Strzok. Did you see Lisa Page in the news this week complaining how she's been victimized? and how she was outraged her illicit affair was publicized, she compromised through her affair with Peter Strzok virtually everything they were doing together. Peter Strzok and Lisa Page were working on Hillary Clinton's email investigation or non-investigation and the sham targeting of President Trump, then candidate Trump, well, and even together as Mueller. And their illicit relationship compromised all of that, both as a lawyer and as FBI agents. And she's complaining. Meanwhile, we don't know where her text messages are. And we still don't have all of her email communications. Because the same FBI wants to wait until the year 2121, 21, excuse me, 2021, feels like it will be 100 years from now, to turn over all their records and we're still not sure we're going to get the text messages because they don't believe the law covers them. So why they want to impeach Trump? So he can't get the truth or force the truth out in a timely way. Speaking of the FBI, I told you there's a lot to talk about. Judicial watch is heavy lifting, gets results. We're in it for the long haul, and we don't give up. Sometimes the court tells us we can't get any further, but we're willing to stick it out. And to that end, the FBI just submitted to us, or excuse me, the State Department just admitted to us that the FBI gave them new Clinton emails that they found. That's right. Remember, all Clinton emails that have been found supposedly have been released, and we're fighting over those documents that haven't been released yet? Well, it turns out the FBI has even more records In one of our lawsuits where we sued for all the Clinton emails, the FBI notified the court, excuse me, the State Department notified the court that the Federal Bureau of Investigation recently sent the State Department additional documents as part of the ongoing interagency consultation process in connection with other FOIA litigation. I just told you the truth and you can see how they try to hide the truth in their description to the court. The State Department is working to determine whether that set of documents includes any responsive non-duplicative agency records that have not been already processed. The State Department will promptly promptly update Judicial Watch in the court once that review is complete. So this was filed in November November 15th, so a few weeks ago. No update yet. We were told that they would given us all the Clinton emails they had a year ago. So remember to go back. Hillary Clinton stole sixty thousand emails. She deleted thirty three thousand of them. And that's what they're telling us. I don't know if I believe it. And the FBI, based on what we've been unable—excuse unable, me—able to try to figure out has only been able to recover up to 5,000 of the emails that she deleted or otherwise tried to hide. Emails, which includes classified information. Remember, she said she only deleted material that was personal. It wasn't personal. She was hiding and deleting classified information, other evidence of crimes that needs to be pursued. Now the FBI tells us there are other emails. And the State Department's pretending or hoping that they're all just reduplicative. Well, that's a new word, by the way. We've got documents that are, quote, nearly duplicative, which are a government bureaucrat speak for a different document, so you can expect more games to be played here. Duplicative is not duplicative. I guarantee you there are new emails here about what I do not know, but it is now the year 2019, coming up on 2020. Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State in 2009, Judicial watch began asking for documents almost immediately and it's 10 years later and we still aren't gotten gotten them. And the criminality hasn't been prosecuted by this justice department or the prior justice department. And the only reason we know about any of these Clinton emails is because of judicial watch because our litigation forced the state department to tell the court that they had the Clinton emails that they had been hiding from us for years. And the consequence of that disclosure is that Hillary Clinton is not president of the United States. So don't say, that Judicial Watch. What, what do you do? You know, people say to Judicial Watch, "Well, what are the, what, what what happens as a result of your work?" This is what happens. The FBI was forced to conduct at least a. The, the, a simile or a facsimile of a criminal investigation into Hillary Clinton as a result of our work. We don't involve ourselves in elections, we don't support or endorse candidates, but you can sh- be sure Hillary Clinton lost because of people seeing this email scandal. It's just never ending. And then another lawsuit about another important issue that's not deep state. Well, it's kind of deep state. Judicial Watch sues for documents on census plan to hire foreign nationals. Yes, the U.S. Census Bureau was thinking of ways to hire foreign nationals to conduct the census, which is contrary to federal law. We read the, because Congress doesn't do any oversight. So we read the news story, we say, what the heck is going on here? Let's ask him questions. I mean, you think something because something's in the news that there's going to be follow up? No. Only Judicial Watch does the follow up on many of these major news stories. Census Bureau seeks to hire non US citizens ahead of 2020. August 2019, in US News Report. Federal law generally prohibits the government from hiring non-citizens. But according to the report, Census Bureau officials believe the law afforded them flexibilities. There are citizenship flexibilities within the Appropriations Act that would permit, for example, based on language requirements, some exemptions, says Tim Olson, Associate Director for Field Operations at the Census Bureau. We are actively working through those flexibilities to see if they can be used in 2020. We're not there yet. Asked whether the bureau planned to employ people living, uh, asked whether the bureau planned to employ people living in the country illegally, a spokesman said, "There is nowhere in our legal flexibilities that refers to people we could possibly hire as illegal." When pressed as to whether it's an option under the current law, the spokesman repeatedly demurred, saying that the term non-citizen encompasses anyone who's not a U.S. citizen. How do you read that? That's government speak for, we want to hire non-citizens, legal and otherwise, to work on the census no matter what the law says. So what Judicial Watch did was we filed a FOIA request. And we had subsequently five, at least five, <laughs> communications with the Census Bureau as they tried to figure out what our request meant. And this is, because this again, this is the work we have to do the Census Bureau twice asked Judicial Watch to clarify the request. When Judicial Watch did so in response to the first request, the Census Bureau sent a second identical clarification request that even concluded the same typos as the first. After a telephone conference and at least two more (laughs) rounds of discussions, the Census Bureau still not indicated whether whether it will process our straightforward request. So obviously the bureaucratic runaround that we've received from the Census Bureau on its potentially illegal hiring of foreign nationals to run our census or conduct our census, it's remarkable, and it's remarkable not in a good way. And we simply want the documents so the public can be reassured that the census is going to be run according to law. So someone at the Census Bureau is very nervous about what we're going to find. So I want to close, and I am going to come to a close here, with a direct, uh, with a you need with a a request to you: a support Judicial Watch, and b, if you haven't already, and if you have already, call your members of Congress to let them know what you think about the coup attack on President Trump. As I said right now, it's a close-run thing. Don't believe the media and the deep state allies. Uh, uh, in the in the political establishment who say that impeachment's a done deal. It's not a done deal. It's not for sure that it will happen. And one way you can guarantee it will happen is if you do nothing. So you've got to let your members of Congress know what you think about the coup attack. You can call the House of Representatives at 202-225-3121. That's 202-225-3121. And of course you can go on the internet and find other ways to communicate directly with your congressman. And they want to hear from you. And don't think because just because your congressman is a, someone who disagrees with you politically, they don't want to hear from you. They do. Those who are sub- seemingly in support of impeachment, they may hear from constituents and may think, you know what, I'm maybe not in favor of impeachment as I thought I am. And when push comes to shove, they may vote publicly, but they may, as a result of pressure, say to people like Nancy Pelosi, "Uh, we don't want to do this, so you better not do it. And that's a distinct possibility if enough people let their members of Congress know what they think about the coup attack on the President. Because as I said, it's not about President Trump. Of course it is directly about him, but it's about the presidency, it's about our constitution, it's about our structure of government, and it's about whether, whether you are able to govern yourselves. Who do you think should s- decide who the President of the United States is? You, the American citizen, the American voter, or a corrupt kookabal controlling the House of Representatives who are abusing their power the awesome power of impeachment to lawlessly try to remove the President of the United States. And if they they need to be they need to be stopped, and the only way it's going to be stopped is if voters rise up and let their members of Congress know. 202-225-3121. 202-225-3121. This is serious stuff. Our country's at stake. I'll see you next week on the Judicial Watch Report. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.